All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. I do apologize for the delay in posting episodes. Uh, before we get to the show, real quick, I want to remind you guys that uh, starting in January, PGA Tour Live is going to be back. So put PGA Tour Live on your Christmas wish list. It's just $39.99 for the year. This is the perfect time to buy it. Uh, and with that, you get $40 off tea times at teeoff.com. So right there, it's going to pay for itself. Uh, and a bit later, I'm going to tell you guys about some more holiday ideas from Callaway. But for now, let's get to Kevin Van Valkenburg talking about Tiger Woods. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes! Yeah! I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. It's Solly here. Uh, thank you for the lovely, lovely supporting and uh, encouraging messages on the extended break from the podcast we've had. Uh, I am coming to you live from the future, 18 hours ahead of you, KVV, from uh, from New Zealand. But we brought in Kevin Van Valkenburg to, of course, debrief on uh, Tiger Woods's season debut. First time we've seen him in almost a year at the Hero World Challenge. First off, Kevin Van Valkenburg from ESPN. How are we doing? I'm doing good. So, I, hey, I was thinking today, remember when you said to me, hey, I'm thinking about going to New Zealand and Australia to play some golf. Would you be up for joining me? And I was like, oh, I don't think I can. And and then after seeing all your photos this week, I wanted to hang myself. So thanks for, uh, you know, thanks for the invite anyway. And I'm sorry I dropped the ball. Well, the funny thing is I've had several Twitter Twitterati people tell me that I should not have gone to Australia and New Zealand, that I should have been standing by watching Tiger at the Hero. <laughs> <laughs> That's the oh, level we, we're at. A bucket list trip uh, for uh, a, like, ridiculous um hit and giggle event uh yeah that's that sounds right no no that's that's where we're at with the status of twitter that's 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 my current enthusiasm level for what what i'm reading on there but uh so you are you you are the resident oh that's right that's right we haven't even talked about this publicly tell tell everyone your recent uh life change you've made i uh i was i was pretty deep in the twitter game for a lot of years uh that's how you and i became friends and uh, I just didn't like how it was making me feel on a day-to-day basis and felt like it was time for me to uh, to step back and, and uh, deactivate the account and go go dark for a while. Just maybe you know work on the artistic game for a bit as opposed to the, the free tweet game. So, and what's that it's, experience it's like been you, like? Without the, all the amazing golf. <laughs> that doesn't sound good at all. That doesn't sound like me at all. Yeah. But what, uh, <laughs> what, what's it been like? Uh, a little weird. A little bit. Uh, sometimes um, feel like you're not involved in the conversation. You want to make, you want to crack the same kind of jokes that you've been cracking, uh, and you just there's no one to hear them. But uh, also, it's a good detox, a good focus on uh, the things that I actually get paid to do, as opposed to uh, little ridiculous quips. And um, yeah, no one. If people really hate you, they can't find you, which is interesting. It's <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some. Uh, Every now and then I'll go on there and I'll just be like, oh, I wonder if I'll put in a link to one of my stories and uh, that I've written recently and just sort of see, you know, people are talking about this, whatever. And and uh, they, if they don't like it, they're really mad that they can't find me. You know, there's a lot of uh, where's this coward? Show yourself, coward. <laughs> You're afraid of Gary Player. That's what's going on. You're running from Gary. <laughs> where's this young man? I'm, he's not on the Twitter box. <laughs> Unbelievable. I- 
Will Will you be back, or are you gone for good? Uh, I think I think Augusta will bring me back. I mean, I which is of course you can't tweet like on the course, but the, the lead up of the major season is going to make me want to come back and be a part of the convo. But I just needed a six month detox or so. Is it the replies mostly that wanted you to turn away, or the actual like things you see on your timeline? Uh, things I see in my timeline, and it's also removing the temptation to tweet dumb things. A lot of people yeah. have been gotten in trouble recently for tweeting things that um, you know don't necessarily jibe with their job. And as you know, I'm not a, a person with an enormous amount of self control, and so I needed to just sort of. Uh, as uh, as my buddy Wright says, uh, Twitter's just a weapon that basically is going to shoot your dick off at some point. So <laughs> I think I think I decided to take that out of the equation and move forward for a little while without it. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, let's talk about the big cat. Um, I got to lean on you a bit here. As spoiler alert, I have not, as many people have pointed out, and I have not been watching much of the Hero World Challenge. I've caught some highlights. I've caught yeah. the end of a few rounds, but it does happen quite early in the morning over here um but first i want i want to talk about uh you are like as mentioned you are the resident tiger skeptic uh but i want to first get your thoughts on what what was good that you saw from tiger this week at the hero so obviously first good is just swinging pain-free like it i assume that he's pain-free and you know he's not exactly the most forthcoming but we didn't see any wincing or we didn't see any sort of cringing or any walking gingerly whomever this back surgeon is who did this is some sort of genius like i the difference between all the micro disectomies and the, the essential the fines the spine fusion seems remarkable even though i think you know his game is still going to be kind of up and down and i think there's going to be some scars here and there before he's really ever gonna you know compete in a major which is all that really matters but the actual, I mean, he was swinging it hard. I, I'm a little bit still nervous about how hard he was hitting it, but as you know, some of our our guys in our group are saying, like it's he's ripping at the ball, and that's not something that I expected at all. And that's my point to that was, and you've made the case many times that you just are you fear Tiger over swinging, and the reports leading up to the up to the event this week were that his distance was back, his speed was back, and. You're you're of the opinion that this is going to be a short comeback if that is the case, but my point was kind of like, man, if it's not really it's not really worth it for him to come back if he can't come back and swing it like that. If there's no real point of it if he's trying to protect against something, he's never going to have any kind of aggressive mentality, and he's it's never it's just not going to work from a mental standpoint or from a physical standpoint. So I thought to see him just like recoiling and having no fear of much of anything was was the best sign uh there were some there were some iffy swings we saw in there which is to be expected but i thought i thought i just think that what i'm reading online and again kind of you know you're not seeing this because you're not on twitter right now but like it's just everything's just two two extremes and it's it's like you can't you can't find this nice it it can be both things like i was pretty encouraged from what i saw but I'm not going to get super hyped until I see him on a better course. And like, if you point out that Alb- Albany is like not a great PGA Tour course and not a great test, and probably hides a little bit of what Tiger is trying to get away with right now, then you're viewed as a Tiger. Like, then people come at you and be like, "How can you not be excited for this? Like, I've been waiting all year for this." It's 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 not a fun place. So, I, in that regard, I'm not. I have no regrets in kind of missing out on this past weekend. But 
I mean, at the same time, it's great to see him back. And it's, I mean, I would imagine I haven't seen any ratings or anything come through. This has got to be like Golf Channel NBC's highest rated tournament of the year, don't you think? I would absolutely think so. I mean, I, I want to talk about the media coverage of Tiger in, in a bit, but like just the sort of the fan reaction for it, that was kind of my always my whole point about let's just sort of be cautious about this because we've, I feel like we've seen this movie before. And so, you know, in the, in the initial part, it was like, Oh my God, Tiger's back! He's amazing. Is that elbow? Yeah. <laughs> ah, You're kidding me. And and then, like, I'm not kidding. On Saturday or whatever, it seemed like the Golf Tiger Tracker, the Golf Channel Golf Tracker, was about ready to drink drink bleach because it was just like, oh, is there anything else on? This seems horrible. I hate myself. It's like it it doesn't have to be like the end of the world or like. He's going to win the next five majors. It's it's going to be a sort of a slow process if this is going to work. And like even when like he was pretty healthy, like he was still having a little bit of trouble closing the deal in certainly majors and some other tournaments. And so I think that's going to some of that's going to come be the same. But there's so many reasons to be encouraged by just how hard he was swinging it. How I mean, he's still he's the greatest iron player that ever lived. I mean, it's just a fact. And I feel like if he can hit the driver like he hit it this week, my goodness, the driver's been such a liability for a decade in some ways. The chipping's still going to worry me a little bit, but he's, his putting looks unbelievably good. His iron play is unbelievably good. Man, I, I don't know. I'm, I went into this week with a lot of skepticism, and now I'm starting to get the itch to like believe and see how much fun Nagusti would be if he's getting short irons into greens that he knows really well. Oh, you're getting me excited. I, I wasn't excited until <laughs> I wasn't excited until just now. I was expecting you to bring me back down to earth, but uh, oh. all right, so so last year around this time he had a similar performance at the hero. And I, I said something along the lines of like Look, we, there were some. There were definitely some low points of this week. Um, there was nothing like the club pro guys' low points of the mid '90s, but it was. It was like uh, it was. All we were looking for was signs of life that it was still there, yeah. and it was. And that that yeah. that kind of fizzled out rather quickly. Did this week feel different to you in that regard? It did because he he was just more in control, and to be honest, he seemed strained a little bit the last time around. He was. He was making putts. I mean, it was like the first time he'd busted out the Scotty in forever. And so we were all sort of excited about that. And like the magic in his putting was back. Like he was a competent putter with the Nike putter, but like it wasn't the magical putter that he was before. I'm sure there's people who think that's ridiculous, but it just honestly just really felt like that, that he just had such better touch and such better pace on the ball. And this time around, like he was, he seemed much kind of lighter to me mood wise. Like in his interviews, one of the things that I think I was sort of laughing about in our chat group was about how Golf Channel was like just wanting to kind of touch on all the um, like all his birdies and all the happy things. And he was like, yeah, but what about the bogey on whatever? It's like he was bringing up the things that weren't all that great as sort of a way to be like, guys, I'm OK with talking about the highs and lows. Like I I know kind of what I am and I'm he seemed it's I don't want to jump to Q's conclusions because he's a difficult person in a lot of ways but i would say uh, i would love to talk to the guys who were there and sort of see like it seemed to me like he was a little bit more like at peace with uh sort of what this comeback sort of is and even today they're talking to him after the broadcast and 
they're saying, you know, did you have a better sort of feel of what you meant to the game? Like after all this. And he was like, actually, yeah, like I, I do kind of feel like I, he's like the world was really small when I was struggling with all those back injuries and now I kind of just feel better. And they showed his kids on the standing by the green and they were just smiling their faces off. And I, I honestly like, I thought what a cool thing for Charlie and Sam to see their dad who they've only heard about being great for so long, do these great things. And like all of a sudden have all of these people so excited to watch him that to me, like I seeing those human things from tiger now really makes me root for him going forward. Man. You're making me feel feelings today, KBB. I got the feels out, Solly. It's just <laughs> we're sending love across the ocean here, giving you, getting you hype. This might be the longest distance uh, golf podcast ever recorded, for the record. But um, uh, so that's an interesting point you made about the kids because I thought about that too. Like he's he's got to have a little bit, and I think he's talked about this. I think it was with Charlie Rose about whether or not his kids know about the transgressions and all the things that he's gone through and how they're kind of coming to that age of being able to understand that and him not wanting his legacy with his kids to really be that. Of course, they know about his greatness before, but never being able to kind of see it has got to kind of eat at him a little bit. And I know that Kevin Kisner talked about this last last episode on the podcast when he said uh, just kind of being in that President's Cup vibe and space – kind of encouraged him too. or he said i think it was before the president's cup he hadn't hit anything longer than 60 yard shots is that right and that that doesn't yeah. seem i mean that was two months ago that seems like a pretty rapid tr- like you know transformation to where we are today with him re- recoiling and having a 180 mile an hour ball speed which is which is i don't i don't so first of all that was that a do you know was that a graphic that was on the golf channel i heard that going around what? twitter Okay, that that yeah, is a graphic of that. They, I didn't know if they did the the Justin Ray thing that said that only however many uh, people um, have had a ball speed that high or whatever on tour, but that's like Rory's ball speed. Like I was gonna miles. say, like I, I'm not a huge TrackMan geek, but I know that 180 is fast. Like that is <laughs> <laughs> extremely fast, but. All right, the holiday season is here, but please promise me you guys are not going to be the guys that give the bad golf gifts. Our friends at Callaway are here to help you with this. CallawayGolf.com slash gift guides. Uh, just check that out. There's a ton of good stuff on there, including Chrome Soft Golf Balls at just $31.99 plus free personalization. You can throw tour sauce on there. You can throw whatever you want on the side of your golf ball. Uh, they got all kinds of other good stuff. They got gift cards. They got range finders. You can build your own custom Callaway Epic Driver all on the CallawayGolf.com gift guide. Again, that's CallawayGolf.com slash gift guide. Check it out while you still have time. Uh, all right, let's dial it back some because as much as... <laughs> <laughs> as much as I was harping on people getting overhyped, here here we go. Um, all right, so what, what's a, what's something you saw this week that gave you a reason to be a bit concerned? While reasonable with any any kind of yeah. rust that he might had, what concerned you? Uh, I mean, you got to start with chipping. I know that the the it's hard Bermuda grass, and that's uh, that's a, a good excuse, and everyone was willing to make it for him. Uh, but I think that those. Those chipping yips are never, you know, everyone who, who has covered the game of golf, has followed the game of golf, says that, that those kind of things never completely go away. And what I will say is that, like, what's the last real round that we saw Tiger play? And it was the Wyndham. And he played his ass off in that thing. It was like, I mean, that was the most banner fun Twitter day of all time when people just, like, dropping gifts and fire this right and left and Tiger pimp-stepping and 
tea snatching and doing, you know, all, all those filling up with the world with sauce. And yet that whole round came apart in the final round when he could have won when he bladed a terrible ball over the green and made a triple. And so it was like the 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 moments when that is going to come back, I think, potentially are the moments when it's he has a really tight lie in a really important moment. And, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not sure that we're not going to see that again. And that's going to be a little bit cringeworthy to watch. Like what if he's in a major championship and he's right in the hunt, maybe not in the lead or maybe in the lead and he, he blades a chip sideways. Is that going to sort of make him think twice over the next chip? Is it going to make us sort of be like, Oh my God, this is really hard to watch. I don't know. That would be, I guess my main concern. How many, how many chips are we talking about for chunks this week? He really just two bad ones. Um, he he kind of got around it a little bit by um, going with some different like clubs. He he wasn't quite, uh, and it was really only in the beginning. He, he by I mean he had a couple really good chips today, and and one on Saturday it was like he he had to be really creative and run it like through some rough, and it was so. It's I think an interesting. In some ways, um, you know the, the sort of the Chuck Knobloch thing where like he couldn't throw the ball to first base or whatever? Mm-hmm. He used to always say that the ones that were routine were the hardest because you had to like how you thought about it. And the ones that he could do, like he could throw the ball to first base without sort of double clutching or throwing it crazily or, were the ones that were like hard, like the ones he, where he had to just make a move, pivot, and throw. And the ones, I, it made me think like, is that possible? That might be true of Tigers. The ones where he really has to be creative and really think of it and just kind of draw on his mind, is that going to be um, a little bit easier in some ways than the ones that are the the routine ones where it's like, okay, I totally should this. There's no pressure on this. Or, you know, this is an easy chip. Uh, I, I, that's something I think to watch. Um, I don't know. I mean, is, if is it something you feel like the chipping scars are going to really stick out or – I don't know. Like I want to, I want to chalk that up to rust. Um, I remember in '15 when it was really bad, like the really bad chipping yeah. yips when he was blading chips at at uh, Scottsdale, and it was just jarring. I mean, it was it was that was more yippy to me than. Um, yeah. and, and he had some bad chips here last year too. I remember not necessarily even like blades and chips or blades and chunks, but just some really bad misses and just not hitting mm-hmm. it close and. Then he showed up to Augusta that year in 15 and was hitting like flop pitches off those tight lies and it was no issue at all. So part of me wants to think like, all right, he, you know, is going to take what, take what he, I don't know what he's been spending most of his time practicing on, but he's going to take what he could get for this week and look and look around and look, uh, assess what's the weaknesses in his game and go work on it. So I don't know if that yip thing is something you can mentally get rid of. Maybe he is stuck between release patterns. I don't know, but um, it it's it's a it's a it's concerning enough considering that I think the ball striking is kind of being held on by a string a little bit in that I think it can go awry pretty quickly quickly. I think mm-hmm. Albany does is very friendly off the tee and kind of doesn't demand a lot out of him hitting driver and a course that will demand a lot more, say Tory Pines. Uh, it's <clears throat> that's when things really fell apart for him last year. I mean, he was yeah. he didn't make it through Tory Pines and couldn't find a fairway, and it was it was kind of a nightmare. So uh, uh, Albany at least lets you like get. Yeah. We'll get the schedule here I in a second. I, I know. <laughs> Albany like lets you not fall behind. Like, yeah, you can hit it into the really bad stuff, but your your sure. poor drives are minimalized. Your really poor yeah. drives are punished. But 
it allows you to kind of get to that spot where he's always been great, which is hitting iron. So it's uh, mm-hmm. in that regard, it is again where we where we have to draw the line. Like this was an eighteen person like kind of pitch and putt tournament that was you know, just a cash grab and world rankings grab. But at the same time, he teed it up for four rounds and he tied yep. Matt Kuchar. He beat Justin Thomas. He beat Kevin Kisner, Alex Noren, Daniel Berger, Dustin Johnson, Kevin Chappell, Henrik Stenson, and Brooks Kepka. Like I don't think that means nothing. I mean, again, it's not no. Those guys didn't show up like ready to grind out a tournament but they also showed, showed up ready to play a tournament and wanting to compete and yeah. he beat those guys so to me that means at least something but uh going forward and he talked a bit about it in the booth today just now about trying to figure out what his schedule is going to look like and it, it looks like it's going to it sounds like it's going to be different it sounds like it's not going to be too intense but if you're him how do you make out your schedule for the winter and the spring I just don't want to see him play Tory. I've been saying that uh, in public and in private for a long time. Like, it's the, the potential that it could be 50 degrees there. It's always cold there in the morning. And so he's going to have a morning tea time at some point. You know, the whole point of, like, I couldn't get my glutes activated, whatever it was because, like, it was an early morning round and he apparently, you know, did or didn't have. To, I mean, the one other thing I'll say is we're talking about schedule that worried me a little bit is that he had something. I had a really good gym session this morning, you know, and he was. I just made me feel like, what are you doing in the gym? Like, I know you have to be in the gym, and it's it, you're strengthening your back, I'm sure, in some ways. But like, if you're doing like lifts to get yoked or whatever, then that's what happened last time. Like we we were we've talked about this a lot that he looked sort of skinny or not skinny but lithe kind of and, and flexible in the Bahamas two years ago or whatever. And then all of a sudden he started kind of bulking up and he just looked bigger when he got to Tory in Dubai and his body looked slower. Like he, it just, I want to see him stay healthy in a way that isn't quite, I have to be look like quite as macho. And so I don't know, like just play the, play the Humana, you know, play some tournaments that you've never played before or that you've not, that you've never played before, but you haven't played in a while and just feel kind of like soak up some of the love from the people who are, Super appreciative for you to be there. Uh, what's the Safeway whenever that he was going to play and that he pulled out of? I mean, that all, all of that just – I don't know. What would you? What would your ideal schedule be for him going forward? I like that idea for the Hubana. I was actually thinking about that. Yeah. Like I'd rather see you do that than Torrey Pines. I don't, I, That's a bird fest. Like, you know, he's, he, he just proved down here he can throw a lot of birdies and stuff. And it's not nearly as demanding with the driver. He get more, you know, just more reps of. I don't want to say be in contention, but like I think he can make the cut at the Humana easily. Like, um, I hope he plays Phoenix. I think that makes a lot of sense. I know that's kind of where a lot of the scar tissue is from the chipping, but man, wide fairways out there and kind of yeah. just. It's 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 the course has been toughened a lot in the last recent years, but uh, that's a place that I think would suit him well. But man, trying to yeah, like you said, forty five degrees early morning uh, fog and trying to grind that the ball out of that rough at Torrey Pines. Nah, I'm good, man. Like I I don't necessarily want to see that. It sounded like Joey Lacava. I heard him say that he got the the sense that the the days of going to Dubai are over. Uh, if that's the case, I think yep. that's good too. I mean, I don't see any necessarily any reason to go there other than I'm looking l- forward to the the Tron conspiracy when he goes and plays Tory and they cut the rough down to like an inch. <laughs> and he goes nuclear about how the integrity of the game has been broken by Tory Tory changing the conditions to suit Tiger. Uh, I would love that. I wouldn't mind seeing him go play Sony either. I mean, yeah, that's not a big driver fest. He could hit that tragedy two iron off the tee all over the place there and. Um, I think the tra- if the if he's going to p- compete at Carnoustie this year, the tragedy two iron is going to be huge because 
hit and driver over there with you you know if you're not 100 percent confident about it it's going to be a little bit here we uh, go dice if go sideways just, you just said the phrase if he competes at carnoustie this year oh, right? i can't believe i got sucked in already <laughs> I'm the biggest skeptic there is, and I got sucked in already in in eight minutes of this podcast. It's so easy to do, man. It's easy to do. No, I think this was this is this this conversation's got me feeling better than I did at the start of it. I think. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I seeing seeing. I don't know if prowess is the right word or his aura. Like it, it felt like it was there more so than last year. Last year, it just kind of felt. I don't know. It was cool to see, but it didn't feel like something that was lasting. I don't know. I'm not saying this feels lasting, but this, I don't know why I walked away from this feeling. Maybe just I watched less of it, but I just walked away from this actually, actually feeling pretty good and thinking that this one's going to be a little different. He had, he's not a dumb person by any stretch of the imagination. Like he had to have learned something from whatever he did last year. Can you, can we agree on that? Yes. I mean, the swing last year looked like it was being held together by band-aids. And this one looks like it's sort of at least built on like duct tape or steel. You know, it's it's a little bit better than what it was. I, I just to me like I don't re- I don't honestly yet trust his ability to take this cautiously. And I and so when he's ripping it out there past all these young guys like and it's kind of doing that sort of cocky walk like he still loves that he can hit it past those guys or that he can hit it with them. And so is, can you practice? That's what I've always thought. And then Bacon and I have been talked about this on his pod is like, can you practice for three days leading up to a tournament and then play four rounds hitting balls before every, that's a lot of swings. And so we're, this is the very first step and whatever, you know, completing this tournament and not embarrassing yourself was, was the sort of baseline. And obviously we got a, a lot better result than that uh, just as fans. And so, yeah, great. I want to see that, but it's like, what happens next? I think too that no one really talks about this, which is just weird to me. But like, he's really going to have to play going forward for the first time without any kind of painkillers. Like it, this, it's obvious that that was part of his regular routine. I mean, he it, he's six months removed from having gone to rehab, you know, and and all of those various like painkillers and sleep aids and, and medical marijuana was all in his system, and everyone's so buzzy about like I was so happy that Tiger's back that. I think that the, that's the kind of stuff we need to think about. Like, okay, what is he going to do to sort of manage pain? Because while the pain may be lessened for his back being fused, like it's not going to be eliminated. Like we didn't fix the pain in his knees, which have had five or six surgeries on whatever. And so all of that is going to, you know, be a, if he plays three out of four weeks at some point, which you would think he would have to do at some point. Then what is that going to be like in that fourth week where it just it's he's stiff and he feels like man I just don't have it today. I like forgot about the DUI until you said that. Like yeah. I like yeah. it, it, so much has happened in the last few months that I had like forgotten that that had happened. Um, so what what is and I've been actually learning more about it this past week more than I have when it actually happened. But this fusion surgery that he first of all we need like a nickname for it. we he needs like a robot nickname for for. <laughs> having this surgery but first like what what do you know about the actual surgery and why this one was so different uh that's a great question i i honestly don't i mean i know love had it i know that goosen had it uh but beyond that i mean it's, i think it's just you know when your back starts to go it's because of the um i've been totally playing like amateur doctor here, <laughs> it's because the uh you know the kind of rubbery sort of fluid between your um 
your vertebrae is kind of like it's the, your back is basically rubbing bone on bone. And so there's an enormous amount of pain and it, it pinches the nerves a lot in there. And so in order to sort of stop those two vertebrae from hurting like all hell, they, they basically just go in there and they fuse them together so that they can't, you know, they can't rotate against one another. And, uh, here I am, we're doing a podcast and I'm using like my hands to talk to describe this <laughs> as if you could see this, <laughs> but I mean, that's my sort of very limited layman's understanding of it. And so you're giving up some flexibility, uh, for the sort of, you know, taking away the, the potential nerve pain and the bone grinding on bone pain. And you know what, the fact that he's, you know, he just didn't have this kind of action at the ball last time around when when they were sort of doing i think you know microdiscectomies i think are like they, they drill little holes in there to try to like create more I don't, i'm completely making this up but um it's this is i think it's like the last resort procedure that you can do and you know love had it and apparently talked him into it and said it kind of you know it saved goosen's career and so too and they sort of felt like you know this is this could be really good for you and you know gosh like how can you right now like it just looks a lot better. Will he be smart enough about um, just taking it slow and and not thinking like, well, I'm fixed. I'm back to being Superman. Like, let's get some power cleans, man. Let's. I'm gonna do a, a lift off in the gym here with uh, with Kepka. Well, I, I'm still I'm still I, I forget it was a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago when he had a blog post that said he was lifting two times a day, six days a week. Which I mean, <laughs> apparently, like. Maybe his routine's different, but what whatever, man. Like I'm done I'm done fighting that one. But uh I did some Googling while you were talking and it's a minimally invasive anterior lumbar interbody fusion. It's okay. a procedure that removes a large portion of a degenerated disc that is causing back pain and replaces it with a bone graft. So oh, it's okay. the goal of a fusion procedure is to provide stability to the spine and reduce painful symptoms. So so this surgery, we've heard great things about what it's done for him and it, and to me it looked like he and I think he may have commented on this about how he built his swing kind of around this surgery. Is it? Did he say something mm-hmm. like that? I think there was. Yeah, yeah. That makes more sense. That makes that starts to make sense to me. Like, look, this is how I'm swinging the club now because of this surgery. And if I don't know, I I don't want to say like he's not at risk to re-injure it, but I feel like that gives me more confidence that he's found something that's going to work for his current state of health. It's not to say one swing doesn't ruin everything, but man, this surgery sounds like a like a big deal, and I don't know, maybe things are different. Is um, is he still working with Cuomo? The, I is think that so. still? His, I, mean, I haven't seen any indication that he's not. But I, I mean, so. anyway, sh- shout out to all the back surgeons out there who are ready to like light me up on Twitter about my uh, incorrect uh, summation of what a fusion is. You can't find me there. You so. can't find me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, too yeah. good. Um, all right. What? So again, I thought I thought this we were going to spend thirty minutes on this podcast, getting like dialing people back from from all the hype. But all I can say is, uh, what, what would you for your not you're not on golf you're not on golf Twitter anymore. But what would you what would you what would you be your recommendation to people following along and wanting to share their opinions? This goes to like brands and everyone in golf as well, because that's what overwhelmed me this past week was just the overreaction and the and all of the gifts and all that. It's like, all right, guys, like I know. We, we've we've done this before, but I don't know. What would your advice be to people? Uh, be um, be cautiously optimistic. Like no one wants to go through the misery of 
of what happened with Dubai and Tory again. And so I, I just don't, I don't think there's any chance that this is possible. Like we, we've joked a little bit about how, I mean, to me, the golf channel is a little bit like Tiger's Pravda. Like it, they just, they're so financially invested in Tiger's success that they're sort of like, you know, Tiger's amazing. Tiger's back. It's Tiger all the time. And, I just worry that it's a little bit repeating some of the mistakes of what they've already made. And then there's a, there's a group of people out there that's like, Oh, well, if it's not about tiger, then I don't care. So if he goes away, they're just not going to care. And I, as a long-term strategy, I think that's kind of a little bit, um, short-sighted. I, I just wish as someone whose background is in journalism that we could cover tiger as a journalistic entity for some of it. I mean, like, you know, Noda should not be the person like following him on the court. That should be Bones. Like it, Noda is essentially he's one step away from carrying Tiger's bag. Like we're talking, like, he's he's almost reading putts. He's referring to them as we. Like come on, like you're pretty good friends with Justin Thomas at this point. I don't think that you would show the the lack of objectivity that Noda shows if you were like the on course reporter following JT around. It's it's really uncomfortable for me and. It's so, I mean, look, I don't expect great journalism from the, the PGA Tour or whatever, but like when Golf Digest is like posting videos of them like clapping and cheering about, you know, it Tiger's back. Like, can you imagine like if I had, and I said this to you already, but like, can you imagine if when Peyton Manning came back that I posted a video of myself like standing and cheering on my couch? Like, well, Peyton, you threw it, you threw a 10 yard out. Oh my gosh. Football is saved. Tom like, Cruise on Oprah. Yeah, I couldn't dream of doing that. Like, so I just feel like have some pride and let's cover Tiger objectively. Let's be happy for him, but let's also understand that like he's been a very important person within the sport. And with that, you know, we we can be happy for his success, but also kind of still cover him like a journalistic subject. <laughs> wow. Well, I like that answer. I thought you were just going to say tell golf dot com to just stop direct stealing my memes but whatever oh! whatever your answer was that's fine that's that's, that's fine a lot too. of criticism going on on this podcast <laughs> i love it no i just i just couldn't get swept up in it it was just like at literally every single thing you read was was cat and an overreaction or whatever to everything that just happened it was just i wasn't that upset to miss it I'll, but i like when he comes back to for a real tournament I'm, I'm gonna be i'm gonna be plugged in and tuned in like it's gonna be like I said, we were just looking for signs of life. We saw it, and uh, gives us it gives us reason to be optimistic and to to look forward to things. But like you said, I want, and it's not going to happen. But I wish that like we could have objective, like okay, like I don't know, like in the middle conversations about what we're seeing. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just it's just all a big waste of time, and it's 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 yeah. not that fun. So. Yeah. But, should we should we talk about the Rick at all? But see, he just shot sixty one. Oh, did he win? <laughs> He did win by you know what? a significant mark. Usually I would be very critical like of networks like just, you know, blowing the tiger thing out and not paying attention to their tournament. This is the one yeah. tournament that it's totally fine to do that. <laughs> like I, I call would... it a it's like, you know, it's a slightly above like when we played at the Oak Ridge course down in Jacksonville, like and had a tournament best ball there. But it, you know, it's it's not quite much beyond that, right? No, it's it's I will never remember that Ricky Fowler won this tournament. Like I might use that if I need to make a Ricky argument in the future. I might cite that, but otherwise I will never not remember who won this week. It will be I don't remember who won last year. And don't tell me. I don't remember who won last year. Yeah, I don't. It was Hideki. Uh <laughs> he, 
the Rick, uh, he he looked good, but um, as I said, like I I didn't know how like uh, fervent the Rick fans were until I wrote a super mildly critical column of him at the U.S. Open, be like, hey, it's time to get one of these things done. Like you're too good to not have one of these now. So you know, it's it's time for you to to step up and and do it. And oh my God, the the bombardment of hate, like. You'd think that like Porter had linked it on one of the Oak State message boards or something. Like it was, it was vicious. He might have. Porter might have rallied he the might. troops. What if Porter's a double agent? <laughs> um, I, see, that's interesting. I feel like there's more Rick haters than there are uh, Rick taters. Interesting. Okay. I don't know. Well, I feel like I'm always defending Rick. Yeah, I don't know. I maybe that that's uh, the ESPN.com audience is different than the NoLangUp.com the audience. So that might be the case. Maybe the, maybe the Rick haters uh, they they hang out at ESPN and and the taters are over with you. So who knows? Did, did you just or like, the, or the, th- throw this in as a token? Like we're not going to spend literally every second of this podcast talking about Tiger. Yes, for the two people out there who want to criticize us for um, screwing up the discussion of back fusions and the fact that they didn't, we didn't. Uh, salute rick enough for winning a hit and giggle then that's what i threw that in for yeah i honestly have no interest in it he looked good he putted really unbelievably well he's a good putter i wish i was a tenth of the putter he is hit and giggle i love that i love using that to call it this tournament so uh kbv thanks for taking time out of your sunday um i will report ahead that monday the what's the date today monday the fourth is a glorious day i'm reporting from the future and uh thanks for taking the time and uh everyone have a wonderful December. We'll be checking in again shortly here, but uh, KBV, take it easy, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Go play some more world-class golf courses. Yeah, I know. I know. I will. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Later. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything.